Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Well done. You are alert and ready. Uh, but I just want to do that one more time. I'll explain why in a minute. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Just let that truth sit for a moment. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. What an incredible truth that Jesus, the Son of God, who was sent into this world out of pure love to take a punishment that we deserve upon the cross for the wrong that we do that separates us from God our Father three days later rose from the dead defeated and conquered death itself so that nothing, not even death can separate us from the love of God. What an incredible truth to celebrate this Easter Sunday, is it not? That Christ is risen. And the resurrection is central to our Christian faith. It's what our entire faith uh, pins on. Now, don't get me wrong, the cross is obviously very important and very crucial. Good Friday is a very important day where we remember the price that Jesus paid upon the cross, where we remember that he took that punishment we deserve. When we come to the cross, it's crucial because we recognize that that's where we have a level playing field, where all come fall short of God's desires for us, all have messed up, all are in need of God's grace. Everybody in this room is in need of God's grace today. It's not a case that Christians become Christians and they think, oh, we're perfect, we've got it all sorted. We're still in need of God's grace. And the cross reminds us that on a regular, regular basis. But we need to make sure as Christians that we don't remain at the cross. Because on the other side of Good Friday is Easter Sunday, where we see that Jesus is alive and reigns with us and gives us a sure and a certain hope in the resurrection to eternal life. Because he paid for our sins, he rose and defeated death. And what does it show us? It shows us that he is a promise keeper. He promised he rose from the dead, and he rose from the dead. So if he promises he's going to come again, he's going to come again. Because he is the promise maker and the promise keeper. At the resurrection, we see that there is the hope of eternal life. We see that there is life in all its fullness. As Davina said in his prayers, as I live, because I live, you can live. Uh, In John 10, he describes it as life in all its fullness, life in abundance. That's what the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings us, life in him. It shows us that death is defeated by God and that nothing can separate us. There is nothing to fear. Yet we get held by the cross sometimes, by our own shame and our own sense of feeling like we're not worthy, we're not good enough, that that we may repent for a sin, we may confess that sin, and yet we go back to the cross and, okay, well, Jesus has dealt with it on the cross. 
And to keep going back to the cross in some way, and I hope you hear me right, to go back to the cross is in some way to undermine what he did on the cross and to say it wasn't enough. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ shows us that because of the cross, we can have life in all its fullness. That because he has paid the price, he has dealt with our sin, and we'll go back to the cross to repent of our sin, but we don't stay there. We look up, we see he's not there anymore, because he is alive and he's here with us today. He is the reason this church exists, because he is alive. What a truth, what a life-transforming truth that is. You see, the cross is where our status is changed. The resurrection is where life is found. Where our lives are transformed. It wasn't the crucified Jesus who changed Paul's life, although that did make a difference. It was the risen Jesus that turned Paul's life around. It's the risen Jesus we gather together to celebrate, knowing that he's here. Paul speaks of that sure and certain hope in Romans, the hope that has been set before us. So we need to think, what do we mean by hope? What is the hope that Jesus brings through the resurrection for everybody here today? What even is hope? Well, the best definition I've found this week of hope is this. Confident expectation. I have a confident expectation of eternal life in Jesus because he's risen. And I wonder as you're here this morning, regardless of your background of faith, what experience of church you have or don't have, how long you've been a Christian, uh, where it is you place your hope. Where do you place your hope today? I can't profess to have lived on this earth very long. Uh, although I'm much younger than I look, I'm sure, and all those wonderful things. But um, what I found in life is that most people's hope is based on this sentence. I think I've done good enough to get into heaven. I think I'm good enough. I think I'm good enough. I've done enough good things. I think I'll be safe in heaven. Well, I need some help to unpack that a little. Now, the children have all gone to their groups, which means I need adult volunteers uh, this morning. And I need, I think I'm going to go for six volunteers. So come on, otherwise I'll volunteer you. (laughs) Six volunteers of any age to come and join me here. There's no face paint. I promise there's no face For those who were here a few weeks ago, there's, there's no face paint. That's the, yeah. Okay, all right, Steve, Steve. Okay, so Steve, as you're here at this end, I want you to think of anybody in history, anybody throughout time, who you consider to be really bad, really evil or bad or terrible. Anyone in history. You can go as obvious or as obscure as you like. Hitler. Hitler. Obvious. Right. Come down this end here for me. <laughs> I'm not saying that Steve is Hitler. Don't worry. But imagine, okay, you know, uh, that this is 
uh, you know, we, we would all most agree that Hitler was a terrible person and he was bad. Okay, uh, what's your name, sorry? Sam. Sam, I want you to think of somebody really good in history. You're not allowed Jesus, because that's obvious, all right? Anybody else in history who's really good? Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, brilliant. Mother Teresa is a perfect choice. Uh, thank you. Stand there. So down here you have uh, ultimate bad, and up here you have ultimate good before Jesus. Obviously, Jesus exceeds that by a long way. Anyone famous? Think of anyone famous at all. Uh, Elvis. <laughs> Elvis Presley. All right. So now he is not alive, and he is not risen, and he is not in the building. Jesus is alive. Jesus is risen. Jesus is in the building. Let's get that clear. Um, but Elvis, okay, where would you place Elvis along this line? Okay, you can choose, and then people can tell you whether you're right or not. Where would you place yourself if you were Elvis? So quite, quite bad. Is he that evil? A bit better. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so all right, by no means perfect, obviously, um, but not you know the worst person in history. Anyone else famous? Good or bad? You choose. Just choose anybody. Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale. Where would you put Florence Nightingale? Up here, probably. More this way. Yeah, around the same sort of place. That's good. No disagreements there. There probably are some. That's fine. Uh, Davina. Anyone famous? The Queen. The Queen. Our current Queen. Yes. Okay. Where would you put the Queen? Now, people will differ on this, I'm sure. But in the start, in the middle, and people can tell you whether to go left or right. Where, do you, where would you place yourself if you were the Queen first? Oh. Oh. Yeah, I think she's confident. Yeah. Confident in her faith, she's good, she's yeah. a strong leader, fine. Good, okay. And Bernie, where would you put Bernie? <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Choose someone else. Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore. Oh, hands up if you know who Bobby Moore is. <laughs> Those who know who Bobby Moore is, where would you place yourself? Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Other side of Elvis, so better than Elvis. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so okay, so we have down here the ultimate bad that is Hitler. We have up here the ultimate good that is Mother Teresa, and you have several people in between. Elvis, various different people who and maybe are good and maybe are bad, have done good, have done wrong, have done right. The question is, where do you place the good enough? Where does the good enough to get into heaven go? Do you have to be better than Bobby Moore, but not quite as good as the Queen? Do you have to be just anything better than Hitler and that's good enough? Or do you actually have to be, no, you have to be near perfect in order to be good enough to get into heaven? You see, I don't want to base my hope on an I think. I don't want to base my eternity on I think I'm good enough because I don't know where good enough is on that spectrum. I want to place my hope, my certain expectation on a person. And that person for me is the risen Lord Jesus Christ who has promised us hope of eternity with him. And he's the only way to really get there to heaven. And it's not by anything I've done, good or bad, but by everything he did on the cross. And then everything he did three days later when he rose again. That's where I want my hope to be. Not on how I'm doing or what I've done, but on him, the one who has risen from the dead, having conquered sin, so that I can be with the Father in heaven for eternity.
Thanks to our volunteers. If you want to take a seat for a moment. You see, the cross is where our status is changed and the resurrection of Jesus is where our life is found. Let me just highlight one more thing before we pray. Some words from Paul. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in us. That means the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is available for us because of Jesus' resurrection and his ascension and his promise of that gift. Now, what do all of these things mean added together? The cross the resurrection, the gift of the Spirit who raised him from the dead living in us, the sure and certain hope that we have in him. This is about his love for you. His radical, outrageous, crazy, unfailing, unending, unchanging love for every single person in this room and his desire to have relationship with you so much He did everything he could to make it possible. Jesus is God's plan A to save the world. And the church is the continuation of that plan A to save the world. And that's an incredible privilege. We live in a time where we see glimpses of the kingdom on earth. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Which means there will be times where we see healings and there's times when we don't. There's times when we will pray and see answers to that prayer and there's times where we seemingly won't. There's times where things work out the way we hope they will and there's times that they don't. There's times where we see incredible acts of love and there's times when we don't. But a time is promised and a time is coming when Jesus comes again, when everything will be restored to him. And we have a choice to place our hope on an I think I'll be there when that happens or on a certain expectation that Jesus has made it possible for me to be there through his death and his resurrection. I'm going to invite the band to come uh, and join us at the front here. And just as they begin to uh, play, I just want to encourage us just to take a moment to Uh, reflect on the truth of Easter.